Jackson and Linus, and they're adorable little, what kind of dogs are they? Long-haired chihuahuas. Yeah, and they got sweaters on, so. It's cold outside. It's game over. Yeah. You Uh, might see them walking around in the frame. Well, I hope so. I hope they come cuddle (laughs) with me. Right now they're laying on the sheepskin lounge where I meditate. They're chilling. One of my my favorite hobbies nowadays is to... um, smoke weed and do Joe Dispenza meditations over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try and make it a daily practice, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes I fall asleep or get too sleepy. But sometimes I find I have the best dreams when you do that, when you have like a little meditation nap. Mm-hmm. You'll like your meditation like kind of goes into your dream world and you end up having like some sort of weird yeah, prophetic dreams. I don't really remember a lot of my dreams. Mm-hmm. You do, though? Now I do. Mm-hmm. I never used to, but now I wake up and I can remember them pretty clearly. And I tend to have, like, similar dreams repeatedly for, like, periods of time. Interesting. Yeah. Are they good or, or bad? Or I guess, whatever, have you had both? They're actually kind of bad. Like, there'll be, mm-hmm. like, one where, like, my ex-boyfriend died, so it's just, like, really sad for the whole dream. Or lots of water, like, big bodies of, like, big gray water, and I'm, like, under the water. There's like a whale swimming past me and it's like very quiet. And... A whale? That would be... <sighs> but it wasn't scary. It was like peaceful. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so just like, I don't know, but like you kind of wake up still feeling it like weird. You're like, that's weird. I feel weird during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like it's something... I know that you can dream journal and like practice remembering your dreams. Because mm-hmm. um, I would like to be able to do that, but I haven't... Well, it's like when we were talking about journaling earlier yeah and about how like you can do like the manifesting journal where you're Mm -hmm. like writing down goals and stuff or like here's what I did today kind of journaling I would have just a journal and just every day would be different so like some days would be a dream some days would be like setting intentions some days it would just be like here's what I did today some days would just be like here's what I'm mad about today and so like every day would be a little bit different Mm -hmm. so I would like sneak in the dream journaling oh just like yeah yeah interspersed yeah I I do have a notebook beside my bed and like even if I just at least had like a, even a moment of the dream that I could remember and then like at least jot it down. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think the dream world is a really interesting landscape and I'd like to be able to like lucid dream. Oh, I've lucid dreamt too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that show, uh, Waking Life? No. It's a cartoon and it was made in the 2000s, I believe, like early 2000s. And I watched it in high school, which was like, I didn't really understand it's about lucid dreaming uh-huh. and I'd like to watch it again it kind of has like eternal sunshine oh vibe mm-hmm. to it a little bit yeah although it's yeah like I said animated something that helped me with the the lucid dreaming was getting headphones like noise canceling headphones and playing like binaural beats or something really like when you wake up in the morning when you wake up too early oh, like yeah. five or six you mm-hmm. put it on do a little meditation with that playing and you'll have like the weirdest dreams oh yeah i've heard that if you like set an alarm for like Mm -hmm. 5 Mm a.m um and like kind of interrupt your Mm -hmm. do you are you supposed to do at the end of your sleep cycle kind of type thing i've heard people do it like in the middle of the night kind of thing like four Mm -hmm. or five o'clock i usually like naturally wake up a lot during the night anyways so usually if i wake up around five or six and i know my roommates are going to be getting up that's when i'll strap it on 
office mm-hmm. and it'll like cancel or whatever they're doing and also give me weird dreams at the same time. Cool. Mm-hmm. I went to Bed Bath and Beyond and they had a face mask with built-in headphones. Headphones. And you just plug it into your phone, put your face mask on, mm-hmm. and it's like the whole. That thing. seems like the perfect item to sell at Bed Bath and Beyond. It's perfect. It was twelve dollars. It was one of the better investments, and it's good for meditating too because it like keeps your eyes closed. Yeah. And it cancels everything out, kind of. Yeah, I don't use anything. Like, I don't use headphones. Like, my stereo is just right there. Sometimes I do it up in my bed as well, mm-hmm. just on my phone. Mm-hmm. I guess if you have other people walking around your house and stuff, it's nice to... I did try and do it last night when my kids were, like, awake, and my daughter kept, like, bursting out laughing. <laughs> and, like, quick short bursts, too. And I was yeah. like... Like, at you? No, she was in the next room. Oh. But I was just like, I meditate. <laughs> and I was like started to be like it did like enrage me so that's maybe a good sign that the meditation is working yeah so but yeah. I, it was near the end and I was just like okay I'm done with this <laughs> yeah see that's what I like to put my noise cancelling headphones on if there's yeah. other stuff going on in the house and then you can just totally mm-hmm. block it out mm-hmm. mm-hmm. alright well as far as meditation goes like I've been we've been discussing it a lot like and I cat and I at the common are wanting to offer like free meditation like time slots in our mm-hmm. schedule because we feel like I think it's like a foundational thing for like mental health mm-hmm. that a lot of people that I have talked to or met this past year are always like oh yeah like I've heard of meditation and I've been meaning to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I was the same I actually didn't I had done meditation like and even, like, just taking breaths and, like, practicing, that's, like, a good way to start mm-hmm. with mindfulness. But, like, I guess over, like, I guess the first um, COVID lockdown is when I was, like, had nothing else to do and I was alone mm-hmm. and, like, literally going pretty much insane. And I was, like, my kids would be gone and I'm, like, just freshly single. Yeah. Which is, you know taxing for your mental health so that's why I started doing meditation a lot more and did you find that after you started you got like addicted to it yeah like yeah I would say so So like when I first started a while back once I started doing it I was like leave me alone I have to meditate like I would come home from work just like excited to go and do that yeah and I kind of I'll like flow in and out of it like sometimes I'm not like a really strict like oh I need to meditate at this Mm -hmm. time every yeah Usually I do it at night just because I find, you know, after I put my kids to bed and I've had a day and then I'll, I'll just make time for it. Usually like half an hour. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess once you just like implement it into your mm-hmm. life, it is like, it is so relaxing. And like I, after doing it this long, I feel like my levels of like inner peace, mm-hmm. I guess, are, I mean, I still get angry. It's like a, like, I still have triggers. Well, we're still human, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but much less, like, I'm really sensitive to anger. Like, if I'm angry, like, even if it, you, like, feel it bubbling, mm-hmm. just, like, a slight tinge, and it's, like, it's... I'll, I'll shake. Like, I'll physically shake if I'm mad, and I can't express it, and I yeah. have to bottle it in. I can, like, feel my body just, like, shaking and getting hot, and, like, just, yeah. Yeah. I haven't experienced that kind of, like, level of anger in a long time. Well, I mean... I've, I've recently got angry, but it kind of was more like a fuck you thing. Where yeah. It was like, I really externalized it and it gave me a lot of energy. It's crazy how much you can like turn rage mm-hmm. into like useful energy. Yeah. Like whether that's like 
working out or, um, or yeah, just like it literally like moves you to mm-hmm. like do anything. Well, it was like Clean. I said, when I started my business, I started it out of anger. Yeah. <laughs> <And> frustration. <laughs> Fueled by anger. Yeah, exactly. So that was sort of the, the catalyst for it, I guess. So. Actually, well, there's a thing about, um, emotional intelligence. So like when you're angry, it means something needs to change. Here, I'll pour it for you. And when you're sad, it means you're you're fearing letting go. Mm-hmm. And what was another one? I guess anxiety is fear. It was like anger, sadness. I don't know, you don't need to talk about joy or happiness. Obviously, those are good things. Mm-hmm. But Well, and I've heard similar to that, that depression is when you're thinking about the past and anxiety is when you're worried about the future yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Um, but like, so when you're like, oh, I'm feeling angry, what needs to change? Mm-hmm. And then, then you can like put positive action as opposed to like dwelling in the anger. I call it divine discontent when yes. I'm like super frustrated about something and there's nothing I, or like seemingly there's nothing that I can do about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, something has to change here. And mm-hmm. nine times out of 10. Or accept it. Yeah. But if it's, if once you realize you can't accept it, I guess. Yeah. And you're angry about it. And it's like, it's just, I feel like that kind of lights the fire under you to be like, okay, I won't deal with this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So I know I, well, I, cause I used to, I never used to be able to do that. But now whenever, whenever I feel like I'm like moved to being like, I have to mm-hmm. move or I have to do this or I have to do that. I have to get a new job. I have to, it's usually comes from a place of frustration or anger. And it like moves me to end up doing something that is usually pretty beneficial for me that I probably should have done sooner. Yeah, I feel like I didn't all like anger and like once before you like level up your consciousness, let's say, and become more self aware, you're like just anger is just like a regular part of the mm-hmm. day. And like I know people that are sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll just like be justify their anger or it's just like a regular part of their life mm-hmm. still, and it's like it's really hard to even listen to because it's like. But sometimes it's hard to find that balance too because if I don't feel my anger, it like eventually comes out some way somehow. Usually just in like crying or something. Yeah, but, or like something like, will to... trigger it, like some seemingly irrelevant event will mm-hmm. just be like anger. Yeah, or like something small will happen, and I'll get in my car and start crying. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like, built up over time of ignoring feelings. So I think there is something to be said for, like, if something's wrong and you're mad, mm-hmm. to, like, l- allow yourself to be mad instead of constantly being like, okay, I'm mad. I have to, like, tur- be happy. Be happy, you know? But not allowing yourself to wallow in it at the same time. Yeah. I feel like there's, like, a... It's, like, a tricky balance to be able to do both. Not, like, repress your feelings. Feel your feelings. But not, like feel your feelings too much to where you're like reactionary yeah it's like well observe them and don't become them Mm -hmm. I know I spent a lot of time like sitting with my sometimes like before meditation before I do like guided meditations but before that I'll sit and literally just like feel the thing and like analyze situations and like Mm -hmm. figure figure them out I guess whereas before 
you would kind of just like you just talk to yourself like a certain way I guess when well and I I found that like before I started doing any sort of meditation or anything like that it was like there was only one voice in my head for the most part I just listened it was that I didn't even listen to it I just was the voice Mm. so there was no awareness of I I would just I was just like one dimensional and I just did whatever that yeah and then all of a sudden something kind of split me in two where Mm. I was able to actually observe myself feeling things or observe myself doing things where I felt like I could never really do that before and it almost felt like there was like a second voice in my head being like Mm -hmm. my first voice would be like oh we're gonna do that thing and the second voice would be like you better not yeah and I feel like I never really had that second voice before or maybe it was really quiet and I couldn't hear it but I it is like, a quiet at first. I feel I like through it. meditation, it got super loud. And mm-hmm. when I was in counseling, I would try to explain it to my counselor. But, but I, was, I was worried that she would think I had schizophrenia if I told her there was a voice in my head that told me not to do things or to do things. Well, I think that's like... Um, well, like the but Freud... I think she's your conscience. Like yeah. your, consci- your conscience. Well, and like... Or that's like God is another... Mm-hmm. That's... Um, Higher self. Your intuition. Yeah. Or like in psychology, I think... Freudian psychology would say it's like your you have your ego, the ego. And your super ego, yeah. or the spirit yeah. difference, yeah. And being able to tell the difference between each of those voices. Well, I think you can only hear too. it when you allow more love and like forgiveness. Like you have to like let the light in, and mm-hmm. that's what that language is talking about. It's like you have to find like your true self, and then you have as opposed to like your your ego or like trauma self or like your conditions well, like clearing out all that anger too yeah yeah because the anger is much louder mm-hmm. i t- i read this um it was a about a year and a half ago now now i guess i did a course in miracles mm-hmm. which it was published in the 70s and it's it's a large book but and it's whatever if you're interested i think it's worth looking into um it changed like my, i know my ex used that to like get on a spiritual path whereas before like we were really atheist and mm-hmm. like didn't have any of that now he's like totally completely changed and like cured i would say cured his mental health issues like at the time before he read it he was on um antidepressants and like had a lot of anger and had a lot of anxiety and like completely different person mm-hmm. Just well, I feel like A Course of Miracles is kind of like a nice first step into that because it's like a, it's a small thing you read every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like kind of easy to digest it's, for somebody who's kind of like maybe like new to... It's like written from a, a psychologist's point mm-hmm. of like... She but she's channeling it, right? Yeah. She channels it like as if she's Jesus Christ. So it's like, mm-hmm. an, it's like a new voice for Jesus, okay. which I think is really interesting. Um, but it's through a psychologist. So in the first edi- edition, there's like parts where um, it's more like directed at herself. And when they took did the second edition, they they took some of those things out mm-hmm. because it was more like relating to her and the, the psychological right. field. But I find like when you listen to it, like the language is like really like it repeats itself a lot, and it's it's just a lot of language. Like mm-hmm. it's not like black and white but I found it really like almost like meditative and soothing listening mm-hmm. to it every, I listened to it rather that rather than read it mm-hmm. and like it just like every day you'd be like I just need to hear this person's voice talking yeah. about love yeah <laughs> like um I don't really know where I was going with that but I don't I don't remember either I there feel was like... a point but 
whatever. Now you know about A Course in Miracles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so I guess I was thinking a lot about, like, what our goal here is. And, like, I think it's just, like, having these mental health conversations and, like, Mm -hmm. um, uh, talking about spirituality because I think... I've write like I write stuff that's spiritual and I know like I'm just trying to envision like what it's like for people on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. because I think when you talk about some of the stuff it seems really like obscure and strange so I'm just trying to like and it also for me before I kind of found my own way into it it sounded really kind of condescending to some to somebody who ostracizing. Is yeah. So like, yeah. if you're depressed or you have like, if you're you're like in the thick of it, and mm-hmm. somebody tells you to just love yourself yeah. or to like just do this, it's like you're so far away from that yeah. that it's like annoying to hear. Even though she, they're right, it's like, but to be, to be able to meet, be able to meet people where they are and try yeah. to like bridge that gap between the very like fluffy language that spiritual people tend to use and like the average person well it's like it's two different frequencies and sometimes Mm -hmm. I think when you're like on the low end frequencies that's how I think of depression and anxiety they're low end Mm -hmm. low frequency emotions so when you hear high frequency they're almost like grating to you you're like ew yeah for me like what I mean I had a couple experiences but one of the experiences I had when I was listening to A Course in Miracles and I was like going through a lot and like I was just listening. It wasn't even A Course in Miracles. It was Alan Cohen's A Course in Miracles Made Easy. That's Mm -hmm. what I read before that. And I listened to it on audiobook too. And Alan Cohen has this like grandfather loving voice. Mm -hmm. And it was just like so comforting. And he said, I was just like, I pulled up to my house and it was like talking, talking. And it just said, you are loved. Mm. You are perfect. The mm-hmm. way you are. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my. I started crying. I was yeah. just like, and it just felt like your parent is just like everything you needed to know. You were mm-hmm. like, it finally made sense. You're like, oh. But I think it's because okay. like you did the work to get there. Because if you'd have yeah. heard that six months to a year earlier, you'd have been like, shut up. You yeah. Know what I mean, so like you, I feel like, and they say this in like different things, but like God can only come so far down and then right. you, gotta, you have to crack like you, you gotta meet him halfway kind mm-hmm. of or whatever so like if you're down here and somebody's talking about you know meditating or praying or do setting intentions it's just hard for that person to even grasp what that feels like until that person's done the work to get to a point where he's able to even take that in I've, so i've been um i really like the analogy of like mining for diamonds Mm -hmm. as and like similar to like finding your soul Mm -hmm. and it's like you have to like yeah dig down Mm -hmm. and like uncover these things and like slowly like reveal and like if you can just get like a crack of the diamond then all of a sudden the light can shine on it Mm -hmm. and then it can grow yeah well and oftentimes you're, you're it's the same problem over and over and over you're just like at a different level of it yeah so like I find a lot of my issues just kind of keep coming back but like in different ways yes like (laughs) patterns are repeating well I know we talked about like discipline earlier but even that like I feel like discipline's always been like a struggle in my life and so like every level I get to where I feel like okay I'm disciplined and I've done it Mm -hmm. there's like another level of discipline that I have to figure out and the balance of discipline and rest and 
I'm working, working and, on discipline, And it's just, too. I feel like it never ends. Like, just when I feel like I've got yeah. it down, it's gone again, and I have to keep working at it. So it's like, I feel like at every level, every time you level up, it's like you'll notice the same, I feel like I notice the same issues kind of keep coming up until you figure out the tools to combat it, which I have not quite figured out. <laughs> I liked the, another analogy was, um, I really, enjoyed, like, about a year ago, like, when I first moved out, I was like, I was really obsessed. I mean, I've always been obsessed with the idea that life's like an RPG video game. Right. And like thinking about your skill sets and like character traits, like all, all on a level, mm-hmm. level up system. Mm-hmm. And I started like taking an inventory of that for myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. So when you said that, it's like to master the game of life, like there's so many different elements to master and it's like when we started we're like I think you can be born you can be like born into level like 50 let's say yeah, let's say I, there's 100 levels you can be born I feel like I was like born at like level 5 or something <laughs> you know so like just catching up now so I don't know I like I think it's a helpful analogy for people mm-hmm. to think about another thing I like about the RPG analogy is like being present because like if you lived your life like you were like really like on a mission or on a quest and like had like a goal mm-hmm. whereas like I think some people are just like more like not active in their lives mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of the depression and anxiety well and like I like the happen. RPG analogy too for like how I said about the two voices because mm-hmm. when people would first start talking about like the simulation theory or like this is all just a simulation oh my God, I love that theory. and someone else is playing at us my first thought is like who in their right mind would want to would choose my life would choose to play my life and I feel like that was kind of an epiphany for me because I was like, I am choosing <laughs> to live this life. Because <laughs> I was, and, and now I see, almost see it as that like higher self is the person who's like playing the video game. Yeah. And imagine if you're playing an RPG game, but you can't control the person on the game, how frustrating that would be. So yeah. I think of that as being like depression and anxiety too, because like your spirit is like trying to tell you to go left and you're going right. And it's just like, I give up on you. I can't, I can't yeah. deal with you. You're on your own. Yeah. And then you feel all lonely and alone. And then when you finally, the person is like, oh shit, if I just like listen to the person who's telling me what to do, I could like maybe do something here. And then once they realize that, boom, now the, now the person who's playing, who's like the higher self or God or whatever, I feel like it's like, okay, now they're actually listening to me. If I like tell them to go left, they might not listen right away. And it's hard to get the message across sometimes, but so for me, when people talk about like simulation theory and L- R- RPGs and like higher self, I feel like those all kind of clicked for me when I first thought that. I was like, who in their right mind would live my life? And I was like, you're living your life, you stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and, my, and my soul was just like, finally, yes. <laughs> She's listening. Oh, there God. is a feeling and they that's like going with the flow or being like tapped in mm-hmm. to, the, to the energy. Mm-hmm. Like once you do do that... Um, it's like there's a momentum in it and like all of a sudden like that's when they say like um like when your life's purpose is revealed or like when opportunities are granted to you there's something about like experiencing a miracle like or praying for something or mm-hmm. like being doing the the gratitude doing the well, because when you're truly in the present you're in the right place at the right time always yeah, yeah. and then you're you're choosing yes mm-hmm because like based on your instinct you just know and you actually don't know where you're going and joy is one of the highest vibrations ever and usually when you're in the presence because you're having so much fun you don't even realize that time is going by yeah and so when you you're manifesting things it's not actually that you're manifesting them faster it's that you speed up time for yourself 
by mm-hmm. being joyful and by doing things that make time go by fast because you're having so much fun mm-hmm. that it just seems like you're manifesting things faster but really you're just speeding up time for yourself that's interesting um i i think i hope that like everyone understands this like to me it's like the most mind-blowing thing that you could literally imagine a life or circumstances or and like be joyful be happy and like it's like life just opens doors for you and I've been working on it a lot and my issue right now is like I because I basically am feel like I'm starting my life again Mm -hmm. it's like okay I'm doing all this stuff and I'm like what's gonna happen like hey (laughs) where's my castle or whatever (laughs) I don't know but so it is slowing down it's just trusting the trusting and and then being present and doing all the things in the present Mm -hmm. moment that need to be done Mm -hmm. Because you can almost get a bit of a bit escapist in well, the meditations too, where you're like, oh, it's so nice to live in a dreamland. Or even in your real life, like you can be in the moment and be like positive and working on projects and stuff. But if you have like relationships or issues or money problems, like that all takes you out of your joy usually. Yeah. And it's like hard to maintain that trajectory. Even like it's like an uphill battle when you like have goals, you're working towards them. Mm-hmm. But like you still have real life stuff that's going on that makes it hard to be present and be joyful and I feel like but that that's sort of the issue with mental health a lot is that people aren't able to even get to that point where they're like they don't even know what brings them joy I feel like that's something that I'm working on is trying to figure out what it is that I actually do want and mm-hmm. so that I have a trajectory like trying to figure out what that what that goal or what that end goal is going to be yeah because I know you got to pick like a path to like yeah yeah it's like a yeah, like the arrow, like you gotta shoot the arrow. It's mm-hmm. you gotta get the destination, and then how you get there just sort of falls into place if you are in your joy and in the present and kind of on that frequency. It's hard to maintain that. Like that's I feel like what's so what's so well, difficult. Well, you always have doubt too. Like I find that like I'll be like, what am I doing? Like and just like self confidence issues. Like, can yeah. I do this? Should I do this? This is crazy. Yeah, am I capable of this? <laughs> Yeah, and then it sometimes like that voice comes, and I'm like, Ugh. you kind of want to like listen to it like from a critical, like mm-hmm. just to like check yourself and be like, is this a good idea? And like have that like mm-hmm. sort of voice in your or head. Or am I being manic and just yeah. coming up with an idea? And <laughs> it's actually not a good idea, and I should just like slow my roll. You mentioned the feeling of joy, and I um, been talking a bit about MDMA therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, I've never used it as therapy. I've used MDMA more more so when I was like a lot younger. But there's certain people that I think my ex is a, a good example. Like now he's fine, but like there was a time when he criticized joy for some like in spirituality. I judge him really mad at the context, and I realized I was like, this is someone who just hasn't really experienced joy in a mm-hmm. long time and you forget what it feels like or you might never have even felt it like yeah like depending genuine, on your upbringing. pure joy yeah yeah and it's something like children obviously experience mm-hmm. joy but like and you see it and another thing that's part of why we're so drawn to babies because they're like pure innocence full that's of why joy they have no sense of time <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then like um, basically I was just like advocating for that for certain people uh, just 
I mean, it's not for everyone, but I think it's just like a nice way to interrupt. Well, and I think the cycle. doing that kind of stuff, because they do say doing drugs is sort of like a fast track to those higher frequencies. Yeah. It's just you don't know how to get back there when you're sober. So I feel like MDMA is probably in the frequency of joy and love. Totally. So I feel like it's like if you can do a little bit of that to try to bridge that gap, maybe, of like feeling super down and not even knowing what that feeling is like, to at least mm-hmm. be able to feel the feeling, sort the- yourself out. I feel like that's sort of like. Yeah, and doing with, it in like a safe way. Yeah, and I think because like obviously the risk is um, substance abuse, mm-hmm. and I think people, especially depressed people who feel that, would want to keep doing yeah. MDMA unregulated. Mm-hmm. However, like when you're being a, when you're working, but with that's someone, happening anyways. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, that's totally. happening left, right, and center with people just doing drugs rather than trying to find yeah a sober way of finding joy. So I mean that's happening regardless. That's true. A lot. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm passionate about psychedelic and MDMA therapies. And I know that it's like, it's coming, it's a developing thing in the mental health field. I'm actually attending um, like a seminar. Mm-hmm. It's online. It's um, next week about like parenting and like the use of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's no secret that I've done them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a big part of my mental health journey, but, um, I guess I just want to bring it up because I also want to normalize that as mm-hmm. well. And that more people are doing it than you even think, I think, you know, like already even now, yeah. a lot of people I talk to have at least dabbled in it or are curious about it or would be willing to do it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's not as taboo of a thing, especially like with weed when they, even when they started inkling about the idea of weed being legal, it already started to like break those barriers yeah. of like the stigma around it and I think now because there's talk around yeah. the legalization of um, using that kind of stuff for mental health I feel like it's the stigma around it is, or is already breaking down a little bit yeah. I think if there was a nice regulated not even regulated government regulated which probably should be but I even just mean like almost like a prescription for it people might be less likely to abuse it if they knew that there was a way that they could use it yes. in a positive way that would help them With- without having to like with like a, a psychologist or an mm-hmm. educated person that talks to them exactly, about the process yeah. and like yeah when there's a dose because that's the thing is like a dose like if you take one you can like when you're using it when you're young you're just like whatever some people like mm-hmm. drop like a lot of MDMA mm-hmm. or like a lot mm-hmm. of acid or a lot of mushrooms the first time I did mushrooms I was in I think I was like 15 and we ate like a lot of them mm-hmm and like, I mean, it was it was not bad, but like, that was just strong, mm-hmm. <laughs> very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, fun, but then you can also take them and, and what if it goes bad? And then like, then what are you doing? Like it's so at least if there was like um, more education, mm-hmm. and there is now, if you do any research, there's like tons of um, talk about like set and setting and like. So just like a more conscious approach mm-hmm. to and a dose mm-hmm. thing, so you're not like, yeah, going crazy because you can well, push yourself into a psychosis. Well, and I find it's fun if you're already, I feel like if you're already doing that type of work and you kind of hit a plateau, say, yeah. and like what you're doing, I I think even just the research around it is interesting to know. Yeah, and like kind of just like looking into different things that you can do to. 
Well, for me, when I decided to use a psychedelic for mental health, mm-hmm. I basically yeah, I had exhausted everything. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was like 30 and I'm like, I've been in counseling, in and out of counseling and reading um, like self-help books and like been doing this for since I was in high school, mm-hmm. like my whole adult life. Yeah. And like still I'm fucking unhappy yeah so what the fuck Mm -hmm. so I literally was just like and I was like just living this life where I was like hectic and stressful I had a lot of responsibilities and I couldn't go anywhere or do anything or change anything so the only thing I could change was myself and Mm -hmm. that was seemed like the right so I think I I just like you know when you get to the point where you're just like what in the fuck Mm -hmm. am I doing Mm -hmm. like Jesus Christ yeah (laughs) I think that's when you know taking a psychedelic increase your brain activity light some stuff up that you didn't even know was there gives you the opportunity to at least form a new thought pattern you know well people are just constantly looking for alternatives now like I know people in my family and friend group who have been just going to the doctors their whole lives and they're like, I have pain, I have depression. And the doctor's like, oh, it's all in your head. It's like, here, take this. Yeah. Or, or my mom was prescribed yoga because like they'd exhausted their efforts basically and what it was. And they were just like, you should try yoga. And it's like, that's a good, that was a good prescription. And I just noticed that like that even just like regular people are getting to a point where there's like, I need somebody else to intervene on my behalf because the doctors and like the regular and in the mental health system, it hasn't caught... I, there's a really cool quote. I watched a documentary about uh, Bitcoin yesterday, and there's they were talking about innovation and regulation, because mm-hmm. like regulation can never keep up with innovation. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you try and regulate it, it almost kills innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of just a side note. But like, so with the psychedelics, it's like, it's super innovative. Mm-hmm. And it um, could be a solution for... And anyway, I can't be alone in the fact that I was, like, exhausted. And, you know, yeah. lots... Obviously, there's depression. Mm-hmm. And there's a rise in suicides. Like, it's no fucking secret. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like... To have this sort of breakthrough kind of thing happening, and it could actually revolutionize... What's the, like, timeline for that? Of, like, when they're thinking of when that would be, like, available to the public? Um, I'm not sure... Sh- like, I... I would say in the next five years, like, they're doing trials right now. Like, there is local people in Medicine Hat that are um, working with doctors, a psychologist Mm -hmm. and a doctor, and it's just starting now, but, like, there's, um, like, in Oregon and Vancouver are, like, decriminalizing psilocybin, Um, and there's, like, so many, I attended, like, a a conference in the spring that was like a bunch of psychologists mm-hmm. talking about the legalization of psychedelics yeah. and there's also um a few companies that are like gearing up to like produce it so there's like a market mm-hmm. um evolving from the whole thing and um another thing rebel wisdom is a channel that i like to follow um, and they just did a thing on um, like the capitalization of psychedelics and sort of like you know there's like pros and cons to everything well, happening. It's like when so. weed got legalized it's like yeah weed was yeah. legalized but then all the plastic and like the weird chemicals and like the, oh, just the shitty quality there's some funny rules about cannabis still like again so the regulation just hasn't yeah. like it needs to be ironed. it was so stupid actually so like you can't buy more than like 
a certain amount at a weed store. Like you can't yeah. transport. You can have as much weed as you want at yeah. home. Uh-huh. You can have pounds of weed. And that's not illegal. Mm-hmm. But it's illegal to move it right. from like point A to point B. How does that make sense? You're trafficking. You're also allowed to grow your own weed. Yeah. And I am as I was told that there's no restriction. I thought it was four plants. But oh, maybe it's four are... plants, but like you can have four plants, but there's no regulation on how much like so say you have four plants and they keep producing and you keep drying it but you're not yeah. using it so then all of a sudden you have a stockpile mm-hmm. that's not illegal yeah but you're not allowed to sell it yeah not allowed to sell it no. obviously unless you jump through all the hoops right but um yeah so it's like there's all the psychology all the people in the in the fields who are getting involved with the psychedelic stuff are like talking about like the 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 safety concerns and like the pros and the cons mm-hmm. and like trying to just tackle the thing from all angles. Yeah. So there's a lot of serious discussion around it. So that sounds fair. In Canada timely. too, like there was a big conference in Calgary last mm-hmm. um, last year. It was before COVID though, so it's like we didn't get a chance to go. But right, yeah. That sounds like it could happen pretty soon. I mean, in a mental health crisis, especially with this, it's yeah. like I I hope would hope it kind of get gets expedited, but like maybe it just takes people being really open about mm-hmm. like their experiences and with people it. being like prepared, knowing that it's coming, yeah, educating themselves around it, mm-hmm. even like asking for it. I guess like the more people yeah. know about it and want to try it, writing into maybe the governments and stuff like that to let let people know that. Yeah. There is a market for it, a, a demand. Yeah, so the, I guess the biggest issue would be, like, the production and, like, the licensing. Right. It's just so, like, frustrating because, like, once you start doing that, it's just, like... They ruin it. It's like they take the kind of ruin it. it. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll see it kind of, like... There's a few companies in Vancouver that already sell psilocybin online. Right. Like, just blatantly. It's yeah. A, it's illegal, but they do it, and he's, like, super public about it. I know one of my exes bought, just ignore him. bought mushrooms off some website online, and they got just delivered to the house in a vacuum-sealed bag, and yeah, bing, bang, boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. That's pretty crazy. Another thing when that I was That was, like, watching, 10 years ago, too. That was a long time ago. Well, that was made have been the Silk Road days. No, that no? was just budmail.biz. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the website, if I recall now. I don't know what their situation is now, but hmm. I remember. Yeah, You just ordered it like anything. Yeah, well, so yeah, you can still do that. I, it's funny. I watched that Bitcoin thing, and um, I, I, they brought up the Silk Road, and like that was like where everyone used Bitcoin, and that was like where it had the most value. And like... I was I was thinking about the silk girl. I was like, ah, oh, dang, it's like that would have been fun to have around still, you know? Like, yeah. Online. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about the dark web. It's weird. Uh, you've never been on it. No. I don't yeah. want to be on it. I'm, I can't. Do you sh- I don't want to. Un- it's just, unnerving. I feel like I just like I know I things burn into my brain pretty easily, and if yeah. there's something I don't, I just I know it's a place where the things that I could see would burn into my brain, and I don't. Like yeah, I'm myself. a really curious person, so, like, pretty much with anything, I'll, like, go and explore it. Because, like, yeah. yeah, I heard about it, too. I'm like, what is this place? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was probably, like, three days where I, like, I got tour, and I 
um, had a VPN and whatever else, but not that I was like trying to do anything, but I was like, also if I see something, I don't want to be associated with anything that I see. And for it's, it's really hard to navigate. Like there's, it just doesn't work the same way. Like, like it's kind of like 4chan, it's called Torchan actually is like the main place. And then there's like message boards everywhere. Um, and then the, the sites are all different. There's links in the message boards. Basically, I just kind of cruised around and it's like, mm-hmm. it's completely, it's like a black market of like things happening. Mm-hmm. Like you never feel like you're like, okay, like, is this real? Like, is this, is, there's stuff for sale. There's like, talk about like hiring hitmen and like weapons for sale and drugs for sale. Also definitely pedophilia shit. Oh, it I'm is. Sure. Even on 4chan, like, I don't know. That's why I don't want to go on there. Because I'm like, what if some... Oh, it made me feel disgusted. So, like, the three days... Like, even though after, like, the... After I found some of the stuff, I was like... Like, I... It made me feel so gross. Like, I never... I haven't been on it since. I just kind of wanted to see what it was like. Uh But I went on... I had the urge to look at a 4chan board, uh, like, a couple months ago. Some of the stuff on 4chan is, like, funny. Yeah. But, so I went into, like, their main, like, random. It's, like, our random. And, like, it's a really... If you want to, like, see the psychology of, like, a large group of people... Mm -hmm. Like, there's some, like, just regular stuff and it's funny or whatever. But, like, also, like, the sexualization of, like, a lot of things. Like, it's actually just, like... Oh my god, like yeah. it's just like perverse. Like yeah. and there is like that furry kind of sex stuff and then there's just like regular sex stuff and like people will ask questions and like a message board will right, start. Yeah. But and I did find one though and it was like this was just on the regular internet 4chan too. Uh-huh. Where it was like um like sex dolls. Right. And like oh share your pictures of like your sex dolls uh-huh. and like there was like child dolls yeah. like I was like, even like as I'm tired, I literally want to vomit. Yeah. Like, my stomach's turning. Like, yeah. and I'm like, oh my God. Like, and then it's just like, it allows these people to connect and perpetuate yeah. their like disturbed yeah. sexual fetishes. Or nobody would call them out on no it. No one's going to call yeah. them out. I mean, some people will be like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. But like, it's just like out in the open. But, see, I can't go on those things. That'd be too. I would well, be able to sleep at night. It's kind of like, and I know censorship's like a hot topic, but it's like, you don't just, like, it's good to know that those people exist. So yeah, it's like, well, and they're going to exist regardless if you yeah. take down their platform or not. Like, at least this way you can track them and monitor them and, like. Mm-hmm. But, like, how, yeah, maybe everyone just needs acid to heal their trauma. Yeah, I don't even know if you want to give those people acid. I think weird ideas. Uh, yeah, no, not, I don't know, just, like. That kind of brain, though, it, like, needs an intervention, you know what I mean? Is there a point where, like, they're too far gone, though? Like, at what point, how evil and perverse and disgusting do you have to be before it's, like, um, we, like you know, you, you can't be rehabilitated. You're too far gone. I do. Okay, so there's a thought in spirituality, and this is a principle in A Course in Miracles as well, is, like, um, basically all humans like we do not have the right to judge someone's worth mm-hmm. as humans right so every human then is our brother or sister sure so and this is like a hard thing to 
comprehend too. So it's like when you show even the worst person, so let's take a pedophile, if you show them um, love, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, like it's not okay to hurt people. And that's where people mm-hmm. think, get confused about forgiveness. If I forgive you, then we've decided that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's absolutely not okay to ever hurt anyone. But like, so with a pedophile, like to offer them the empathy. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what heals them. Right. As opposed to, you know, saying that they're fucked and that right. they should die. Like but that. what if that's not what I'm saying? What if what if I don't even mean subjectively? I mean like objectively. Like well, is there a point where you're so evil that your soul, not that you don't have one, but that you're like that higher self thing where you just get so far away that your soul mm-hmm. is just like, I want you know, nothing to do with this. I yeah, you I mean, can't fully get rid of it. It'd be hard but to just, like cover out. Yeah, I think it'd be hard to recover from that. But let's say, especially if they don't want to. No, right? I, like, I mean, like, I have no experience with this at all, but in my idealistic mind, if that's who I was presented with, it's like, I would try to, um, you know, show as much, like, if I could offer some kind of psychological help right? by, like... What if they didn't want it? What if they were happy with it and they liked it? Yeah, you know what I like, mean, and that's kind of what I mean. Like, but I'm just—I I feel like when you repent or whatever, and you yes. you apologize and you like want to do better, those are those like stepping stools that you would take to get to mm-hmm. a place where God would be able to reach down and help yeah. you out. But some people like it, you know. Like some people yeah. chose. But let's that say, life. okay, so like yes, so just for our let's the analogy then is like that kind of person is in the deepest darkest cave of hell, mm-hmm. and let's say you, a light person stumbled upon them in the cave mm-hmm. would you leave them and they might stay but it's like what could you impart in them just a glimpse of a light like just imparting any light it's like they would die and they would die terrible like a terrible human mm-hmm. but um i believe in sort of like soul reincarnation right and so it's like in order to break that pattern you have to at least give them a little bit of something and it's like rather than condemnation. I don't think I have to. That's the thing is I don't think I'd have to give them either. No. You know what I mean? Like I feel like sometimes when it's, it could be, and I guess I mean if you really mean they're in the in the depths of hell and I'm the light and I'm coming through. If I see somebody who's in the depths of hell, they're like, no, thank you. I just keep it. Well, moving. you would see the light in them. It's like rem- you just would find because everyone has the light in them, and I if see you it. spoke to the light in them and nothing else existed, they would remember that. Sure. And like. Yeah. This is just like obviously. I just feel just like at some point you can be like a little too far gone. Not like not that you I shouldn't be ridicule you or anything, like not even for me to judge, but I mean like even I, like yeah. on your own terms, it's just you and God. You're Yeah, you can be too far gone. You. Can, I think there is a point, especially if you're actively choosing to be that evil, I just think there is yeah. a point where it's too hard for but I don't think giving up, I don't reach. think, I don't even know if it's helpful to say you're too far gone because then that means you just give up. I think people will definitely never recover in this lifetime and then they'll be forced to come sure. back or whatever. And But I think it's our duty if you have found, let's say God or the light in you mm-hmm. and if your fate brought, showed people like that, it's like our duty as humans mm-hmm. to give them, just watch the glass on the go, makes loud noises. Um, it's like our duty to impart at least a little bit of light in them sure. because if you don't, then like that cycle just continues and mm-hmm. then the world never heals. So that's just my thoughts on it. 
I mean, who knows if you meet a pedophile. I mean, there's like <laughs> local people. And it's so I've actually contemplated this pedophilia and child thing. And like, obviously I don't agree with it, but there's like local people that are like mm-hmm. getting arrested mm-hmm. for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I've actually met someone who was around my age that got arrested for child porn. Was this a guy? <sighs> Um, guy that just happened recently no i don't know well then a was. lot of people who are pedophiles usually have like fas or um i think or like like they're sociopaths or whatever like they have like a serious mental disorder that like makes them incapable of knowing the difference almost between right and wrong and like having that emotional intelligence to even understand that they're hurting another human being i kind of like the idea of like so you mentioned rehabilitation well it's like obviously the like the jail system or whatever juvenile Mm -hmm. what do you call that well juvie is when you're a kid no but i'm like trying to what's the legal system to deal with criminals judiciary judiciary (laughs) Uh, so again here we are with the regulations versus innovation so there's Mm -hmm. innovative approaches meditation Mm -hmm. um those kind of things so it's like even if that was like part of the curriculum for those types of people to at least take them out of society Mm -hmm. And then, I wouldn't say force, but, like, here's your life now. You're going to meditate. You're going to do yoga. Mm -hmm. And, like, that has actually shown a great deal of rehabilitation. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. That's what I would like to see. Definitely taken out of society. Definitely taken out of society. Yes. And locked away and forced to do some sort of thing that would at least improve the... I don't necessarily say lock someone in a room. No, that's terrible. And throw away the key. That's a group of probably similar people and also it's just not helpful and no. it, like the people doing it the the evil then that you have to be to to impart that much pain and torture on another person even if they are bad i feel like it's just like t- two wrongs don't make a right an eye for an eye mm. doesn't really make a lot of sense but i do like the idea of trying to rehabilitate them in the very least keeping them occupied yeah (laughs) and I actually think it'd be helpful if they were in like a group like a group of pedophiles let's say they can all just judge each other and be like we're well they're all experiences similar Mm -hmm. things so that it can at least communicate and but then be in um their own little community away yeah from harming others yeah and others harming them too I guess because those are the people that when they go to jails regular jails yeah they usually I think have the hardest well yeah and that's like which makes a lot of sense, but it's also like not it's, helpful, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and like you're right, that eye for an eye thing mm-hmm. is like that's a really it's just creates more, more evil. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, well now we solve the world. Perfect. Um, throw all the pedophiles in jail. <laughs> there is like a movement with uh, the judiciary system, like they've done meditations, mm-hmm. um, and they've studied it um, and things like that, and like. There's a really cool study, like, a group of meditators will, um, I don't know if, it, I don't know, they just, like, I forget what they did. Well, anyways, they did, like, a group meditation yeah, in, in a certain world, area of town, right? and then, like, crime rates, like, lowered, like, oh, okay. so mm-hmm. it was, like, an energetic mm-hmm. thing, like. Well, I've heard of people doing it just, like, all around the world to try to create this, like, meditation grid. Yes. Around. I actually think that um, monks over in the East, Mm -hmm. they've literally, like, they're in, like, their last incarnations, and they are actually fueling, like... probably. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. that's their role as, like, centers, Mm -hmm. and, like, it's... And it's funny, if you think about energy, like, how long... I mean, it's been in the West for a long time, but it's only... 
just seems to be like I think it's gained a lot of momentum in the last like couple of years. Like spirituality. Spirituality. Well, yeah. I think it was kind of superficial in the beginning too. Yes. Even now, like I feel like oh my God, when, anytime you learn something new, yeah, it's like very superficial. You're just getting to know, and I think only now people are really delving into like what the what the East is really talking about when they talk about yoga, and what yeah. they're really talking about when they talk about the things that they talk about, and not just being like a quick yoga class here and a quick. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there's Buddha a lot of statue there. There's a lot of ego still in um, mm-hmm. some of the spirituality. Like I'm totally know that I have an ego um, with some of my stuff too. Like I, I mean, you can just say, well, me posting a selfie is my ego, but it's like sure. whatever. But yeah, I've just seen. You're not supposed to crush the ego. They say kill the ego, but I think we. What I wanted, what I always like to do, is try to control it more. You know, yeah. like give you, it a job. Yeah, exactly. Give you, it a purpose. Yeah, use like Own it's it. always going to want things. It's always going to desire things. It's always going to have its little things. Yeah. And I think being able to control that and being like, okay, you want this. Let's find a healthy, positive way of getting that to you, rather yeah. than having a temper tantrum for no reason and freaking yeah. out because you want attention. And actually, I find the discipline mm-hmm. is like the ego is likes needs discipline yeah or else it does kind of like it becomes like, self-destructive like having it's like a farm dog in an apartment building <laughs> we're actually it's like crazy how animalistic we actually are it's mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> and just like yeah just like trying to control that like mm-hmm. give it a, it needs a job for yeah. sure like whether that's like for me in my i've come to the point where i'm like i need to stretch every day and i need to like do better things for my health and I need to this is just new for me I'm really excited I know lots of people are healthy individuals but Mm -hmm. yeah um what time are we at oh I did yeah well I think that's do you have anything else to add no I'm good I feel like we covered a lot of ground which I'm excited about yeah that was good yeah um if you listened and you're listening to this right now Congratulations. You win a hug. <laughs> from Megan. From me at the common. <laughs> and I will not be wearing a mask. Okay. Thank you all for joining. Bye-bye. Bye.